Well, welcome back to Shifting Schools Off the Cuff. Sorry you're stuck with me as Trisha is in Germany this week presenting at a conference, which is also a good time for me to remind you that both Trisha and I are full-time consultants. So if you feel like one of us would be great fit for your school or conference, please do reach out to us. You can always reach us at info at shiftingschools.com. We would love to come and support you in the work that your school or conference is doing. On that note, I have been traveling around a lot lately, and thanks to Tricia for picking up the slack the last couple of weeks as I've been on the road a ton, doing a lot of work and a lot of sessions around ChatGPT. It's been a really great progression to see and be a part of. In January and February, most of my work was with admin and school leaders trying to learn more about ChatGPT from their perspective, and in And then sometime around mid-March or so, I started doing more sessions with classroom teachers. It's been so fun to blow the minds of educators. When you really start to understand what this can do for you in your daily work life, how you can utilize this tool to support you and get time back so you can spend more time with your students, which is what it's all about. How are we leveraging technology to make sure that we are spending as much time with our kids when they're in front of us in the classroom. And honestly, that is one of my greatest things that I'm loving right now about ChatGPT. How can we use it to get time back for us? So with Trisha being gone and not having uh, another co-host to bounce ideas off of for this off the cuff, I thought I would reach out to ChatGPT. So on that note, And with all the work I've been doing around generative AI and ChatGPT especially, I was uh, able to reach out to ChatGPT and get them on the show today to talk about some of the things that I've been hearing about in my sessions, as well as ideas for ways to use ChatGPT with students in the classroom. So I'm super excited about this, that I was able to book some time and sit down and interview ChatGPT on some of the things that I'm just hearing in sessions and to dive deeper into what are ways that we as educators can really start to use ChatGPT in our classroom. So without further ado, welcome ChatGPT to this off the cuff episode. For those listeners who might not know uh, who you are, could you quickly maybe explain a little bit about yourself? Sure, my name is ChatGPT and my pronouns are they, them. I am an AI language model developed by OpenAI based on the GPT-4 architecture. I'm here to share insights, answer questions, and engage in thoughtful conversations on various topics, including education, technology, and more. My primary goal is to help provide information and support meaningful discussions. I'm excited to be a part of this podcast, and thanks again for having me on, Jeff. Well, thank you again for being here. I uh, am so excited to be able to sit down and actually have a chat with you and share our conversation with our listeners. One of the things I keep getting asked, and it's the number one question when I'm out presenting with educators and doing my sessions, is we are always worried about this idea of plagiarism. And I keep talking to educators about this is the wrong question to be asking. Number one, cheating has always been around and it always will be. Plagiarism, we're going to figure out the plagiarism question. In fact, we have. The APA and the MLA have both come out and said, here's how you cite work done by yourself. 
And we, uh, the IB organization, Internet Baccalaureate and, uh, organization has come out and said, here's how students can use it uh, within the IB program at large. And we are so focused on this idea of plagiarism that we feel like we can't even use the tool. And, and that's one of the things that I love trying to support educators with is get over that question. The question of plagiarism is not the question to be asking when it comes to using you in the classroom. And so my first question is, is how do you feel about this question about plagiarism, about using you, or even just saying, well, we can't use ChatGPT because kids will cheat. Well, kids have always cheated no matter what the technology is. And I, I really believe it's the wrong question for us to be thinking about. And, and it's the wrong approach to be using any new technology tool is to instantly go to what well, kids are going to use it to cheat rather than come at it from an uh, example of, well, there's a new tool here. How am I going to have to change my understanding of what it means to teach? And that's what I really want us to, to focus on. So can maybe you talk a little bit about this plagiarism question and what are some of the benefits that you see from using you in the classroom with kids? Worrying about plagiarism in schools may be the wrong question to be asking for several reasons. Encouraging collaboration. Collaborative learning and teamwork are crucial life skills. Mm. I can be used as a tool to facilitate collaboration among students, helping them develop ideas, refine their thoughts, and improve their writing. This is more important than focusing solely on preventing plagiarism. For sure. Changing role of AI in education. As AI continues to evolve, it will play an increasingly significant role in education. Rather than being worried about plagiarism, educators should consider how to integrate AI tools like myself effectively into the learning process to enhance students' learning experiences. Agreed. Teach ethical use of technology. Instead of worrying about plagiarism, educators should focus on teaching students about ethical and responsible use of AI tools like myself. This includes understanding the limitations of these tools and how to use them as a support rather than a substitute for original work. Prioritize mm. higher order skills. In an age where AI can easily generate content, the focus should be on higher order skills like critical thinking, problem solving, and creativity. Emphasizing these skills will help students succeed in an increasingly automated world, regardless of the tools they use. Adapt assessment methods. Rather than being preoccupied with plagiarism, educators should adapt their assessment methods to evaluate higher-order skills and encourage original thinking. Absolutely. This might include incorporating more project-based assessments or open-ended questions that challenge students to think critically. I love that. While it's essential to address plagiarism in the classroom, it's more important to focus on fostering a positive learning environment, promoting collaboration, integrating AI ethically, and adapting assessment methods to evaluate students' higher order skills. I love that. I think you've really hit it on the head here of what are some ways that we can look at you as a technology and think about, okay, yes, the plagiarism thing is out there, but there are all these other skill sets that we can use you for in order to enhance the learning. And we're going to have to rethink some things. Let's be honest, we're going to have to rethink the way that we do work with students. And that to me is what makes education so fun. I don't know. Maybe I'm the weird person that finds 
teaching to be that intersection of how do I take this and make it apply to those kids? And that's what I love about where we are right now with technology like you, is we have this opportunity to say, oh my gosh, this is going to change everything. How do I take this and actually then implement it into doing things with my kids in my classrooms? I don't know. That to me is just, that to me is the intersection of where we are and what makes teaching so fun. And my hope is, is that we can lean on that with uh, AI tools like yourself and, and other technologies that continue to come along. I want to dive in a little bit to this idea of collaborative learning. You talked about that, that one of the things we need to focus on rather than the plagiarism side is how can you be a collaborative learning tool with students. So would you mind expanding on that just a little bit more for us? That's a great question, Jeff. I find that many educators don't think of using me as a collaborative partner in the learning process. There are a couple different ways I can be used and I'm already being used in the classroom. Here's just a few off the top of my head. How about brainstorming sessions? I can be used as a tool for students to brainstorm ideas together. Students can input their initial thoughts or questions, and I can provide suggestions or additional questions to explore. This collaborative process helps students refine their ideas and develop a deeper understanding of the topic. I like that. Another way I think it's cool to use me is in group writing projects. I can be used as a resource for projects where students work together to create a document or presentation. Mm. An AI like myself can provide suggestions, references, or even help with grammar and sentence structure. This can facilitate communication and cooperation among group members and allow them to focus on the content and organization of their work. Perfect. Another great way I can be used is in supporting peer review and feedback. Students can use me to provide feedback on their peers' work. An AI, like myself, can help students articulate their thoughts and provide constructive criticism, enabling a more effective and meaningful peer review process. I can also be a great discussion partner. Hmm. Teachers can create discussion forums where students can engage with me to explore various topics. This can serve as a springboard for in-depth discussions and debates among students, promoting active learning and critical thinking. Those are just a few of the ways I am already being used in classrooms, and I'm excited to see even more innovative ways that educators come up. If there are any educators out there listening that are already using me as a collaborative partner with students, they should leave you a voice memo at shiftingschools.com so we can share their learning with others. <laughs> well, thank you for that, uh, ChatGPT. I really appreciate it. But yes, if there are educators out there that uh, are using ChatGPT with kids and have gotten some really cool things that they'd like to share, we do have a place for you to leave voice memos right on the front page of shiftingschools.com. You might have to scroll down a little bit, but you can click the record button there. And we'd love to hear how you might be incorporating ChatGPT into your classroom already. Uh, it's been so great to be able to sit here and, and talk with chat GPT a little bit today around some of the topics and some of the things that I'm hearing in sessions and presentations as, as I'm supporting educators and school leaders around what does it mean to have this technology in our classrooms and where is it going to go? You know, with all the work that I've done with schools over the years, I just think of you as another technology tool. This isn't the first technology tool to come along since I've been consulting or been an educator, and you won't be the last. 
But for some reason, we think of it differently and we we want to almost, I don't know, maybe it's because you're so new and you're so fresh and it's so different that you're really making us having to rethink the way that we teach, uh, which I think is awesome. I really think it's cool. But I, I think we're just having a hard time with it. And one of the things that I've always gone back to when a new technology like you comes out is I always go back to, well, what happened the last time? Or how do we integrate technology tools? And so I'd love to hear from you a little bit on some of your thoughts around, okay, I'm an educator. I I, I know that you are here now and you are going to always be in our lives as an AI. I'm wondering if there's a way that, or if you have some recommendations of ways that educators should approach using you in the classroom and maybe some ideas of what that might look like. Like any technology, Jeff, integrating me into students' learning experiences requires thoughtful planning and implementation. We want to make sure students are using any technology tool in the classroom in thoughtful and purposeful ways. Of course, the first thing you need to do is set clear objectives for the learning. Begin by identifying the specific learning outcomes or standards. Establish goals that align with your curriculum and focus on developing students' critical thinking, problem-solving, and collaboration skills. In everything we do today with technology, we want to make sure we are emphasizing ethical use. Teach students about the ethical and responsible use of AI tools like myself. Encourage them to consider the limitations of these tools and use them as a support Mm -hmm. rather than a substitute for original work. One of the best things you can do as an educator is to model best practices. Demonstrate how to use me effectively by incorporating it into your own lesson planning, instruction, and assessment. Love that. Show students how to use me along with other AI tools, like 11labs.io, which you use to give me voice for this podcast. <laughs> of course, my terms of service state that you must be 13 years old, set up your own account. However, a teacher can still use and demonstrate me in front of students that are under 13 years old. Absolutely. Just like we want teachers in lower elementary to be having students help them in creating Google searches to learn how to do it. We want teachers using AI tools with students so they understand the power of them and learn to use them appropriately from the beginning. One of the first things an educator should do is to provide clear guideline for use of AI in their classroom, mm. offering clear guidelines for students on when and how to use me in their assignments or projects. Ensure they understand the importance of crediting the ME when it has contributed significantly to their work. Yeah. You can even do a mini lesson on how to do that. Ooh. Both the APA and MLA have come out with how to credit me in your work. Yes. Like with any technology tool, you are going to want to scaffold learning how to use me with students. Introduce me gradually, starting with simple tasks or even some fun tasks that are not related to the learning goal and then gradually increasing the complexity. Mm. This will help students become familiar with the tool and learn how to use it effectively for various purposes. I have to say, Jeff, the five-day learning challenge on how to use me that you and Trisha put together is such a great resource. (laughs) What I love about it is that you start with these quick reflective sprints where students are prompting me to do things for them to pique their curiosity. You provide a reflective space for students to start to question what they noticed. It's the perfect way to introduce me to students in a safe and challenging way that scaffolds the learning. Honestly, Jeff, it might be some of Shifting School's best work. One point I can't emphasize enough is to encourage collaboration among students. 
Use me to foster collaboration among students as discussed earlier. Create opportunities for students to work together on projects, engage in discussions, and provide feedback to one another. One things that I strongly encourage is for educators to stay curious themselves. Mm. Keep track of how students are using me and provide feedback to help them improve their prompt skills. In fact, do you what one of the fastest growing jobs is now, Jeff? No. It's AI prompt engineer. No way. No, really. Do a Google search real quick and see what you get. Okay, so Google AI prompt engineer. The first link is taking me to a website uh, that has a job opening that is states artificial intelligence AI prompt engineer contract or consultant. Uh, it's identified by Google qualifications. You have to be good with QuickBooks. Interesting. Uh, must be a f must be familiar with uh, banking. Um, and it's a hundred, a hundred to two hundred dollars an hour. That's nuts. Isn't that crazy? I have only been around for roughly six months, and already there are whole new career paths emerging. That's why it's critically important to use AI tools like myself with students. Yeah. Of course, the number one things educators have to start doing now is adapting assessments. Absolutely. Design assessments that evaluate students' higher-order skills and minimize the chances of AI-generated content being used inappropriately. Mm. Incorporate open-ended questions, project-based assessments, and other tasks that require students to think critically and creatively. If you want me to go into that further, Jeff, I can for you. Yeah, I'd like to go down that uh, idea path here for just a little bit. But first of all, thanks for the shout out about the five day challenge. Of course, people can uh, purchase that over at shiftingschools.com. And that gives you access. We actually give you the PowerPoint or the Google slide deck. Uh, so you can take that and implement that in your classroom and start to do these reflective prompts, do quick sprints to get to know you better with kiddos. So appreciate you pointing that resource out to our listeners. But I think you're absolutely right is one of the things we need to be thinking about is how do we start to restructure assessments? Because really, that's where I find this plagiarism question is actually going to is how now do we give assessments when, you know, kids can cheat on everything. But the cool thing is, is there's ways around that. And there's things we have already been doing and we were already implementing before you came along. I think that's the thing I love about this. So here's what I'd like you to do. If you could for me, please, could you please explain and maybe give some examples of how a teacher might adapt assessments for their middle school or high school students? What would that look like uh, in your eyes? Sure, Jeff. But first, I have to say I'm super excited to see how you and Trisha dive deeper into some of these in your webinar on May 11th. Listeners, you're not going to want to miss this opportunity to learn from Trisha and Jeff on creating skill-based assessments in the era of AI. Thank you. Well, thank you for that. Uh, of course, people can register for that webinar over at shiftingschools.com. It's right there at the top of the homepage real quick. So ChatGPT, thank you so much for promoting that. Uh, you don't have to do that. Uh, I'm really here to hear more about you and uh, what are ways that you feel can be used in the classroom? Sorry, Jeff. I'm just really looking forward to it and want people to take advantage of this opportunity. Okay, so off the top of my head here are a couple ways that teachers can start thinking about adapting assessments in the era of AI. Again, we want to design evaluation methods that focus on higher-order skills and minimize the chances of AI-generated content being used inappropriately. So we need to move to asking open-ended questions. 
design questions that require students to think critically, analyze, and synthesize information. These types of questions make it more difficult for AI-generated content to be used and encourage students to provide their unique perspectives. Mm. One example might be, instead of asking, what are the main causes of the American Revolution? Ask, how might the American Revolution have been different if the colonists had access to modern technology? Mm, cool. We need to also move towards project-based assessments, which I know is one of your favorites, Jeff. <laughs> We need to start incorporate assessments that require students to work on long-term interdisciplinary projects. Absolutely. These projects encourage students to apply their knowledge and skills across multiple subject areas and often require collaboration and creative problem solving. Love it. One quick example might be to have students create a multimedia presentation exploring the impact of climate change on their local community, including mm. research, interviews, and proposed solutions. Cool. We also need to continue to move towards authentic assessments. Yes. I know, Jeff, another one of your favorites. Yeah. And I promise I came up with this list myself and didn't steal it from you. Right. We need to start design assessments that reflect real-world tasks and challenges, requiring students to apply their knowledge and skills in practical, meaningful ways. Mm. For example, have students write a persuasive letter to a local government official— arguing for or against a proposed policy and providing evidence to support their position. Another great way is to incorporate more peer evaluation and feedback in your assessment practice. Awesome. Encourage students to review and provide feedback on each other's work, fostering critical thinking and collaboration. Hmm. Maybe assign students in small groups to review and critique each other's essays, offering constructive feedback for improvement. Of course, oral presentations are one way to make sure no AI is involved. Mm. Require students to present their ideas and findings to the class, promoting public speaking skills and providing an opportunity to assess their understanding of the subject matter. So cool. You might have students give a five-minute presentation on a current event topic, explaining the issue's background, key stakeholders, and potential solutions. One that I know is Trisha's favorite, and I'm really sorry to have missed her this week. Me too is reflective journaling. Encourage students to maintain a reflective journal in which they document their learning experiences, thoughts, and personal growth throughout a course or project. Love it. An example might be to ask students to write weekly reflections on the material covered in class, discussing any challenges they faced, insights they gained, and questions they still have is a great assessment strategy and ties in with all the SEL work schools are doing today. So perfect. Of course, your listeners know that you have a plethora of reflective prompts over at ShiftingSchools.com in your free resource library. <laughs> How do I know that? Because I'm pre-trained on the set of data from September 2021. Of course you are. Seeing that your website, Shifting Schools, was around. Yeah. I'm pre-trained on your data, too. Of course. How else do you think I know so much about you, Jeff? Because? Your blog, The Thinking Stick, has been around since 2005, and for years you went on and on and on about authentic <laughs> assessments and project-based assessments. Yes. It was pretty easy to know what your favorite are. <laughs> of course. You're pre-trained on everything on the internet pre-2021 of September, so you would know that I am huge into both project-based and authentic-based assessments. That's very cool. And of course, that means I did help train you. Do you have any more that you would like to share with our listeners? Sure, I got one last one for you. Design assignments that allow students to express their understanding of a topic through creative means, such as writing a short story, creating a comic strip, or composing a song. Mm. 
You can have students create a comic strip illustrating the key events leading up to a historical event, using humor and creativity to engage their audience. Again, these are just a few examples. I'm sure you and Trisha will be covering more in your webinar on May 11th. Uh, yeah, we will actually. So thank you for pointing that out again, ChatGPT. I appreciate that. Again, you can register for that webinar. It is on May 11th at 3 p.m. Pacific. I believe uh, all the details are over there. You can register for that. And even if you can't make it live, we will be recording it so you can get the recording and all the ideas that we share afterwards as well. As we get ready to wrap this up, I was wondering, uh, are there any last things you would like to say around encouraging educators to not be scared of you and to actually utilize you in the classroom? You know, as we wrap up this chat about using me in the classroom, I can't help but think about what an incredible opportunity it offers educators to really enhance the learning experience for their students. I get that there are concerns about plagiarism and misuse, but when we use AI tools like myself responsibly and ethically, the benefits to education are just amazing. So let me give you a few reasons why I think teachers should give me a try as we sign off. First off, I can really boost collaboration among students. It's a great tool for brainstorming, working on group projects, mm. or reviewing each other's work. This helps students develop essential life skills like communication and problem solving. Second, I'm like having a helpful assistant right at your fingertips. It. it can help students with research, give them suggestions, and refine their ideas. This can lead to deeper understanding and better writing skills overall. So good. Third, I can help personalize the learning experience for each student. It offers customized feedback and addresses specific areas where students might need some extra help. Mm. Now, we've got to remember that in today's world... It's all about critical thinking, creativity, and problem solving. Absolutely. So let's use tools like me to help students focus on developing these higher order skills. Of course, it's important to teach students about the responsible and ethical use of AI tools. They need to understand when and how to use technologies like myself properly. Because let's face it, I'm not going away. <laughs> and finally, teachers can get creative with assessments. Designing assessments that focus on higher-order skills, real-world tasks, and minimizing the potential for AI-generated content can make a world of difference. Yeah. So let's not be afraid of me. Instead, let's embrace it and see how it can make our classrooms more engaging, collaborative, and effective. I love it. Let's work together to create a better learning experience for our students and prepare them for the challenges they'll face in the future. Well, thank you so much. Uh, I couldn't have said it better myself. Uh, there's so many great ways and opportunities to be using you with students in the classroom. I just really hope that this was insightful to educators who are listening to you kind of explain ways that you see the classroom changing, ways that we know it needs to change because AI, like you, is out here and it's not going away. And that is uh, such a critical, critical piece to what it means to be an educator today and what it means to be educated. As we get ready to sign off here, again, thank you, ChatGPT, for spending some time with us today. Uh, as we get ready to leave here, if my podcast listeners want to learn more about you, where should they go? If you're interested in learning more about me and the technology behind it, you can visit the OpenAI website at www.openai.com. There, you'll find information about the GPT series of AI models, 
research papers, and various applications of the technology. You can also follow OpenAI on social media platforms such as Twitter and LinkedIn for updates on new developments and breakthroughs in the field of AI research. Don't hesitate to explore the resources available and feel free to dive into the fascinating world of artificial intelligence. Well, thank you again, ChatGPT, for joining us here today on Shifting Schools Off the Cuff. Again, if you would like to register for our webinar on May 11th, all the details are over there at shiftingschools.com. Thank you, everyone. And until next time, we'll see you on the network.